Go. All systems are normal. Oh, yes. All systems are nominal, as the kids say. Uh, this is DJ Captain Maeve, and welcome to Out and About here on KYRS Medical Lake, Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM. Gosh, what a day, huh? That snow this morning and now it's sunny out and it's just been, uh, you know, crazy, crazy weather. And uh, But this is not a weather report, so I'm not going to give you a weather report. However, I will tell you your horoscope. No, not really. Today we have Grant Ogren, 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 <laughs> Executive Director of, uh, now, SAN, is that the word we say, or do we say SAN, or? We say SAN, we say Spokane Aids Network, either way. Okay, yeah, formerly, kind of like Prince, formerly known as the Spokane Aids Network. Welcome. Thank you. I'm it's, happy to be here. Oh, my gosh. It's so good to have you here. Um, and you have been busy. How's your day been so far? We we flew in here. We've just been, I've been troubleshooting some things, finally got some stuff up and running. You've been running around, and now we're just settled in, and hopefully everybody out there, you're not feeling as frantic. No, as not at I'm, all. Yeah. It's much much great way to end the day. Yeah. How has your relaxing. day been? Um, it's actually been pretty good. It's It's... Normally, it's a day off for me today because yeah. it's February 28th, which is my birthday. Oh, that's right. Happy so birthday. Normally, I'm at home just vegging. Well, I was at home just vegging most of the day, too, working <laughs> on event stuff. So yeah. our, we have a couple events coming up, so I'm racking my brain trying to get everything done. Well, we're going we're gonna to beat those events just awesome. into the ground today. And then we're going to learn a little bit about uh, San and uh, learn a little bit about you and right. we're just going to have a good time. So um, why don't we kick things off? Well, why don't you tell tell us first about these events that you're going to be hosting? Sure. We have a fundraising, as I say, fundraising weekend from wherever. Um, <laughs> two days, March two days. 11th and 12th. Um, March 11th, we have Drag on Ice, which is a mixture of drag and figure skating. Um, something new. Eastern Washington University has done their annual drag show for many years. Um, it's benefited different organizations over the years, SAN being one of them. Um, so we propose this year doing something a bit different. My husband's a figure skater by trade. Okay. He worked for Disney on Ice no for way. seven years. So oh my gosh. He has he, a lot of skating experience. So he's got a heavy, bunch of heavy lifting. He has the heavy thing. lifting versus me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He is directing the show with one of his other Disney on Ice performers, Erica. So they're directing the the skating side. And then we've got, we have five figure skaters and we have five drag queens. So we're not making the drag queens get on the ice. Okay. Just clarification there. They, they're they happy on their stage and we're going to give them a stage. And then we have figure skaters that are donning drag to skate. Okay. That's so, so, so um, you'll, you'll have basically the professional 
somewhat professional or actually professional drag queens. They're not skating, but then we're no. gonna. But then we've got these skaters who are going to uh, do drag. Have are any of them do drag on the side, anyways? Um, I don't think so. I know one of our skaters is out of Western Washington, and he also is, I think, a Disney person. Um, and he has some great looks okay. for the show for okay. his couple numbers that he's doing. Everybody's got a solo and then some group numbers. Um, so I won't, I won't give any spoilers, but, uh, he was showing us his drag looks and makeup and everything else last week. So he'll be done up, done up pretty well, okay. which is nice. Very cool. Um, and then just a wide mix. I mean, we've got two female skaters and three male skaters. One of them is from McCall, Idaho, and he does some phenomenal skating in drag as part of the shows that he does down okay. there. He's young. I think he's either 16 or 17 years old Okay, coming up and skating for us for this event. Um, and yeah, and then we have local drag queens that are all coming together. We had a practice on Sunday. We'll have another one coming up this Sunday. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday of next week, we'll be practicing. Wow. Well, they'll be practicing. I'm not. I just get to stand there and take pictures. <laughs> so are you emceeing it or anything like um, that? I will get up and talk a little bit about San, yeah. um, along with somebody from Eastern talking about their alumni association and the school itself. Um, but we actually have Rita Fine. She's one of the local drag queens. She works at nine. Um, she will be taking us through each of the numbers. Okay. Um, so she's kind of emceeing it, um, giving a little bit of a heads up, kind of um, doing drag in between and actually introducing some of the skaters and some of the queens. Okay. But the the concept is is that it's a fairy's tale, um, but it's fairy tales with a twist. So if you think of, I don't know, two Two common Disney characters like Ariel and Ursula. Right. And they'll be on the ice skating to something not quite Disney for a song. Oh, oh, very cool. So, now, yeah, so it's, a, it's some fun concept, which is great. And I love the drag, drag on, dragon. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that's really super clever. Yeah, we came up with this concept last summer. Um, and we knew we wanted to do it. It was just where, when, and how. So we teamed up with Eastern to use their ice, um, to use their current event that they do every year and just kind of add a twist to it and see what we can do. Do they have a pretty uh, strong LGBTQ yes. club out there? They have a wonderful pride center out there. Okay. And they actually have a um, LGBTQ alumni association. Oh, no kidding. So, Hey, They're I graduated from Perfect. There. there you go. Oh, wow. That's cool They're to know. doing a, um, an event ahead of time, which is a meet and greet and wine and cheese and whatever before the event. And your entrance to it, if you're an LGBTQ alumni for Eastern, um, all includes the ticket and everything else. I don't know. I don't know how many they have left, but it's something that's available. Um, Lance Kissler out at Eastern is one of the organizers on that side. So okay. um, he's been a great help to us along with our main contact out there, Christina. She's been absolutely wonderful. So. And so this will be the first year that you will ever do yes. that. And depending upon it, maybe the last. You never know. God, I hope not. But you never know. We'll see. <laughs> you never know how these things are going to go. <laughs> right, right. It's hopefully but everybody stays safe. We have lots safe. of plans yeah. of it working and being, de- being able to yeah. do it again, but who knows if that'll happen. I think that's, we'll you know, it's interesting too when you think about the world of um, figure skating. I think that's probably where most of us probably really got exposed to the idea of, of gay athletes, right? Yeah. I mean, pretty much out. Uh, in the seventies and, you know, yeah, there were a lot of skaters all the way along that were out athletes yeah, and a lot of straight ones in figure skating too, which is definitely interesting. I didn't know that until being married to a figure skater and <laughs> getting to know everybody and, and all says, these straight people skating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that is and funny. We've got, we have three gay men and two straight women. Okay. That okay. are skating. So, um, it'll be it'll be good. It'll be interesting. We did some practice this weekend and it was fun to get the queens together to be able to go through some choreography. My husband's doing the choreography for the skaters, and then they're kind of adapting some of it for the queens because they'll be on stage. What what an interesting thing that he did that for Disney. Did he 
Did he skate for any other places or just... Um... He has skated for a few other professional organizations. Okay. I, think, I can't remember the names of them, but I know our first year together, he was in Nashville for two months doing a Christmas show. Oh, no kidding. And he's a pairs figure skater, so he throws women up into the air. Yeah, he, he um, looks like a pretty so strong he's, person. He's got some really good background to him, and he gets hired for those kind of things to do shows. So and he does a show once a year down in McCall, too. Okay. It's McCall, you mentioned that this skater or other skaters from McCall is at a pretty big They have figure a skating beautiful out? rink okay. that overlooks onto the um, onto the lake just across the street. And they've got some wonderful skaters and coaches down there that um, Chris goes down and he's been emceeing the last couple years. So year before last, he emceed as Deadpool. So he skated the whole time as Deadpool with a live mic. Oh my god! And had to make the Deadpool jokes oh, but clean, that, right? Um, and then this last year, he emceed as a leprechaun, which he's got a red beard, and he let it grow for a long time, so it was very fitting. Um, but but kind of fun for him. Other than the live mic is a lot of work when you're skating and you're oh, out of breath. And I, and I would imagine he fell like, down as Deadpool and just played it off the whole time. Well, I was going to say, was that fourth wall comes down. And and he does not like that. He's not comfortable with that. Yeah, yeah. I, he doesn't like the drag queens when they sit on your lap. That's just... <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I, I think probably no. Now, would people have to think, be concerned about that for this event? No, probably so. not. We do hard. have... I mean, for where we have the stage set up, we've got like 32 VIP seats on one side and then 32 seats for the sponsors that are right on the ice. But there's like 900 seats up in the bleachers. So we've got a lot of capacity, which is great. And tickets are still available. Well, yeah. Why don't you talk a little bit about the ticket situation? What they've done for the tickets is kind of different this year. In years past, they've done they've covered the whole ice and done a drag show, or they've done it in a different building and they sell VIP and regular tickets. Well, they did it this year too with VIP, where they sold so many seats on the floor, basically on the ice. Yeah, um, and then they did the front row of their bleachers was like a step down from VIP, where you got front row seats. Um, and the rest of those are all sold, which that was like a hundred of them right off the wow. bat. Um, so we've got a huge amount of seats left for um, Eastern students. Current students are only five bucks a seat, which wow, is great. That's a great deal. Otherwise, the tickets are twenty bucks. And, and, and how does somebody go about pure procuring one? You can of those? get them through our website or through our Facebook page. Um, we have an event on the Facebook page that has a direct link. Um, and on our website, on the main page, right when you pull it up, there is a drag on ice image. If you click on it, you can go right to tickets. Okay. And our website is www.sannw.org. Okay. So it's just sannw.org. And I suppose if somebody forgot that, they could probably just Google. They can Google. call me. They can Google. Right. They yes, can Google we'll drag on ice, and I'm sure the image will probably come They'll up. probably have to do a lot of scrolling. <laughs> Yeah. Through there's all not the events. A, no, there's not a lot of drag say, events on ice. I, yeah, I, I think say, there's been, that. there's like two or three others that they do. Oh, there early, are. But that's all. That would have One's in me. San Francisco, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, I think one's in Boston and one's in Chicago. I mean, now, I, I would think, you know, just the light show and the music, it's a yeah, natural It'll thing. be good. Now, so that's the event that's on Saturday or that's Friday? Saturday. Saturday. That's Saturday. And then you, the so then... Yep, then I get home, to switch gears and you, you, go to you, bed. Then you, you go to bed, you take a nap, yeah, you nap, wake up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> then what's going on on Sunday? Sunday is we're bringing back our Red Ribbon Gala. This cool. is 20 years in the making, well, 19 years in the making. We took about five years off um, for changes at SAN and just changes in the HIV landscape. Um, so we took a few years off, but this is our signature event that used to be our Oscar gala. Um, it is on the same night as the Academy Awards. That's how it ended up with the Oscar gala title. We did get a little bit of an injunction a few years ago. Oh, no kidding. So we're not allowed to use the Oscar gala name. Oh, interesting. I got a nice letter. I have to find it now. What if, what now if you have like it. an Oscar Meyer wiener? Oh, and then you could go. have could another do. injunction from a different Oscar, and then they could fight each other. And then they can fight their own injunctions. Yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, I'm a mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> so that event is out at Highball 
at Northern Quest. Oh, okay. So this is their new event space out there, which is a beautiful, beautiful, opulent bar. Is that the place where they're doing a drag shows at yes. now? Okay. They're yeah. doing um, drag brunch on okay. Sundays out there. I think it's twice a month is what it is. Um, yeah. And that's how we got connected with them. Nova Kane that does the drag brunches out there connected me with the general manager. We had a few conversations about it and they really wanted to bring our events back to Northern quest. We were with them for so many years with our gala. Um, and they have been over backwards to make sure that everything is taken care of and helping us do anything we need to do. Um, so I'm really excited because there's not, there's no, decorating which is nice i don't have to spend <laughs> yeah. a lot of money on uplighting and silks and whatever else like we've done in the past um the place is already decked out so all we have to do is add some a little bit of color and some oscar statues and um and have a party well the n- nice thing too is if people want to spend the night out there exactly not have to drive home if they've had a couple of drinks and and they do have some great deals from what I understand. Um, I haven't booked for myself, but I have had others that have oh, booked for, for staying for out, out there. there for staying for it. And yeah. we do have a code for that if anybody's interested too. They just need to reach out to me. Okay, that's pretty nice. And we nice can provide that. It's a, it's a good discount from what I understand. Okay, so. wow. And how many folks do you figure can... This Can is you a accommodate much smaller venue, thank uh-huh. God, for our coming back party. Yeah. Um, between 100 and 120. In years past, in our big years, we had anywhere from three to 600. I know that's a big gap, but wow. I mean, just depending on the year and what we had going, we had a pretty pretty big crowd. So this is a little more scaled down. Prices are $110 for a ticket. Um, you get a four-course meal with wine pairings. So oh, nice. it's, it's food and wine. Um, the event, you get to watch the Oscars, have some entertainment. We have some auction items also. Well, you know, any more just going out to eat, you're pretty much there. Yep. It's pretty, <laughs> yeah. I throw I've done the that once and, in the last few days and didn't yeah. realize it was going to be that Yeah, much. it's gotten yeah. expensive. But um, so now how would people find out about the, the this event, same place? Same place. On the on our website, on the main page, there's another image, which is the gala image, which you can click on. It goes directly to ticketing, talks about the event, the attire, um, when the doors open, all those kind of things. Okay. So everything's there, and that's, again, at sannw.org. Okay, sounds good. Well, yeah. we're going to break for our 20 after business here because I've got to load up the stuff and uh, we'll play a little we'll play a little bit of music to to get that going. Great. All right, we'll be right back, peoples.
Hi, I'm C.S. Song, host with Sasha Lilly of a unique program about politics, society, and ideas. It's called Against the Grain, and it's an investigation into alternative ways of looking at history, economics, social movements, labor politics, gender and race, and much more. Provocative analysis, pointed critiques, informed guests, in-depth interviews. We invite you to tune into Against the Grain every Monday morning from 6 to 7, right here on KYRS. This is your KYRS live and local calendar for February 24th through the 26th. Friday, Jonah Gallegos at the Boneyard Cocktail Bar in the Valley. Open decks for DJs at the Red Room Lounge. Costa La Vista at Chan's Red Dragon downtown. A Sensata Liturgy on the Mind with Madeline McNeil at the West Central Abbey. Rough Congress and Troubadour at Lucky You Lounge. And Retro Roger Stevens, Thirsty Boots, and Sweet Rebel D at the Checkerboard Bar. Saturday, Himes at the Grain Shed Cedar Tap Room. Pamela Benton at Huckleberries. The Desert Highway Band at the Neon Moon in Hilliard. Jada, Lindsay Lee, Tyler Alai, Vagrant Story, and others at the Red Room, Pepper at the Knitting Factory, Ron Green at the Osprey, and No Soap Radio at the Big Dipper. Sunday, composers from the African Diaspora at the Myrtle Woldson Performing Arts Center, Brahms Clarinet Trio at Barrister Winery, and Bass Drum of Death and Have a Rad Day at Lucky You Lounge. For an entire hour of Spokane area musicians, tune into For the Love of the Music every Sunday night at 8 on KYRS. Hark! Look there upon the rise! What is it? Tis a bag of holding. What does this bag contain? Tis a new show coming to KYRS on Sundays at two hours past noon. Thou should listen to Bag of Holding on KYRS from 2 o'clock p.m. to 3 o'clock p.m. on Sundays. Join me, Seth, and my daughter, Nora, as we quest through the lands of science fiction and fantasy. That's Bag of Holding every Sunday from 2 o'clock p.m. to 3 o'clock p.m. Right here on KYRS Thin Air Community Radio. Out and about, out. I'm going to start over. Out and about relies on support from listeners like you. Have you ever had a driveway moment listening to Out and About? You pull up at home, but you're too engrossed with your radio to turn off the car and go inside. When that program is that engaging, it's worth paying for. Please join Thin Air Community Radio and support engaging content in your community. Donate online at kyrs.org or text give kyrs to 44321. Hey, that's sort of like the beginning of my show. Um, welcome to uh, Out and About. Um, you're listening to KYRS Medical Lake, Spokane. I doubt you're having a driveway moment with me right now. I've been struggling here trying to get things loaded up and uh, lots of lots of weird music playing there in the background. But, you know, I think we've got our act together right now and kind of excited about that. We've got Grant Ogren with us. He's the executive director of uh, the Sp- formerly the Spokane AIDS Network, now known as SAN. You don't have like a... You don't have like an interesting prince-like uh, emblem for that, though, do you? <laughs> no, just our new logo. We do have a new logo, which is nice. Or that, a newer logo. It's probably eight years old now. Okay. How, how did you, when did you get started with SAN, Grant? Um, I started actually, I, th- I want to say it was either 2007 or 2008. Um, I, I actually attended my first gala that year um, as a guest Um, ITRON was one of the supporters and my community relations manager at ITRON was my best friend. So she had seats. So she invited me to go. She thought I should be connected with this wonderful group of people. Um, so I attended the event and kind of got hooked. So from that year on, I helped, um, plan the event. Um, I, was a database manager for the tech group that I was at, at ITRON. So I actually created a database for doing all the auction and the check-in and all those kind of things. Um, so I kind of had my fingers in just about everything event-wise, 2008, 2010 timeframe. And then I decided to join the board. Okay. Became part of the board of directors. And then I moved up to board president and the then I stepped to... down as board president in 2019 and took on this role of executive director. Okay. 
the climb to power. Yes, the climb to power, and now I'm the worker. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you probably don't have a gigantic staff. No, nope, it's a staff stuff. of one. I have two contract employees that help out at our food pantry that we run on Fridays. Um, and they're contracted through another organization that provides workers for food pantries. Oh, that's so cool. We don't have to pay them, which is great, but they get to work for me every week. Yay, that's so that good. Helps. How did um, how did the Spokane AIDS Network get started? What's kind of the history behind behind it? Um, history really just pretty much just like every other HIV um, organization. Um, we call them ASOs, so it's an AIDS service organization. Oh, okay. Um, in the beginning of the epidemic, in the mid-80s, um, people were were worried about their friends that were dying. They, they wanted to help them. They wanted to make sure they had the support they needed. They were too sick to go out and shop, so they would bring them food. Um, they'd sit with them and read while they were dying basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Spokane, we had a group of doctors, um, Dr. Collins and, um, Dr. Colston and Tom Crow from the Spokane regional health district. They got together and found that the clients that were being diagnosed with this disease weren't getting the support they needed. So they, in a basement, from what I understand, decided they were going to put together some support and services and that's how San was started. And we we stayed really small the first couple years where we were providing those food items and that support. And then as time grew, we added case management, we added additional offices, and we kind of really expanded in the Spokane area all the way out to the Tri-Cities, to Walla Walla, not to Walla Walla, to Moses Lake, to Okanagan. And then in 2016, we lost the um, government contract, um, which was a state contract for $1.7 million. Wow. So we lost that at that point um, due to some changes on the state side um, and some internal changes that happened. So we kind of just shut down the doors. We had a board of four people at that point, and we decided we weren't ready to close. We weren't ready to give up the nonprofit and give up supporting people, um, but we needed to make some changes. So we regrouped after about six or eight months and started concentrating on food pantry and um, HIV prevention, like handing out condom packs and those kind of things through the different bars in town. Um, And then a couple years later is when I stepped in as executive director. I was off work for about a year and found that I was – working 40 to 50 hours a week for this wonderful nonprofit that I was the board president for um, and realized that we actually needed somebody. So I put a proposal together for the board and took over as board president or as executive director. Well, is, is it with, I was it AZT was like kind of the first. One of the first cocktail drugs. Yeah. And, you know, I was doing a, a ret- I was helping with a retreat. Um, called strength for the journey yep. and I was one of the one of the people putting that on and it was interesting because that's good to know because it's coming back this year in is August. it is yeah. it really yeah, that's one of the big things that we're is doing Paul Graves still involved in it or I don't have I have very few of the original people involved yeah um, I'm trying to reach out to a few more to get people involved. Okay. Yeah. Um, Cause it, you know, back then it was, uh, it was a pretty grim task. I think people have a hard time maybe remembering how horrible that time yeah. was. And, it, you know, I just remember that the AIDS quilt that came into town. Yep. And, just and we do that every year. We bring it in for World AIDS Day in December. Semis and semis full of quilt oh, panels. Yeah, and, when they brought the full And quilt. it was just, if you if, if you didn't, weren't crying by the end of the thing, you just didn't have a heart. And what a, what a hole that, you know, shot through the creative community and, not just in cities, but in small towns and everywhere. Yeah. And that's what we kind of found doing this retreat was, um, you know, we had folks from, from all over the place and the retreat was basically let's plan your funeral. Yeah. That if you had to boil it down to, to one sentence, that's, that's what it was. And let's get together one last time. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk, we're going to, you know, and, and that's what it was the first year that I did it. And then the second year, there weren't quite as many, 
folks there because those antiviral drugs were coming online. And then I think that was the last year that we did it because yeah, we had a couple, just a couple years is all. And I've had so many requests over the last few years to bring it back more now, more on a mental health note than anything, yeah. because COVID put everybody in their houses by themselves. Yeah. I mean, we were doing a food pantry deliveries every week to 50 households. Wow. And it was just, there were a lot of people that were afraid to leave their homes, but they made it through it. So they, yeah. they want to get together. They want to have these moments um, where they can share, where they can meditate, where they can do yoga, yeah. they can do crafts, they can go swimming. Yeah. Um, so we are, we are doing it back this year at Camp in Sidson over on Coeur d'Alene. Oh, cool. Which is where I think it was done the last time. Okay. Yeah. We were doing, we were doing, we were out at the Bozarth Mansion yep. off of Waikiki. Um, we've done both out on the lake and up there because we had two different ones. We had Strength for the Journey and, um, Oh, my brain is now failing. Uh, there's another one that we did too. And yeah. Dale's in the background listening, probably. Yeah. Going, Grant, get in your head. You, you, right. It's uh, not that easy. Yeah, no, it's not that easy. It just falls you out. got a microphone yeah. in front of you. Um, but yeah, so that would be pretty cool to bring that stuff back. You know, and you talk about COVID. Uh, it's interesting. I was thinking about this today, how the HIV and AIDS really was... Uh, you know, there was so much disinformation around then. It seems to be, well, you hate to say that it goes viral, but I mean, it, it really does around these um, yeah. these pandemics. You know, it's nothing new. Wow. How, how do you keep people, you know, I think you'd be, I think if you, when we went out in the library here and asked somebody, hey, is there still such a thing as HIV or AIDS, I bet you a lot of people would say no. They wouldn't have any idea because it's not in the mainstream media. It's not on the news. Yeah. Um, which is, is so interesting, too, because of what we went through with COVID and all the misinformation and the testing, all those kind of things were all kind of pre-done mm -hmm. due to the HIV crisis. So a lot of what we learned... Yes. We learned from HIV and we applied it to COVID. That's right. The antivirals. And it was across the board so very important. And people don't realize that those are so interconnected yeah. because on the it, research it, side. If people don't know, there still is no cure. No cure. And the best that can be done is to manage it. Now there's the prep. Yeah, which is wonderful. Stuff. Yeah. Um, with, cause I mean, there's a lot of people that don't even understand what prep is or they've never heard of it. Why don't you just talk a little bit about that for, for folks who so may. We do a lot of, well, not a lot. We do HIV prevention at SAN. So we do condom packs for the bars. We do HIV testing and we can connect somebody to a doctor that will prescribe prep. So prep is pre-exposure prophylaxis. So my, my best way to describe it. And I was one of the first people in Spokane to be prescribed prep in Spokane, um, since not on it, but I mean, I was for three years. Um, it is an item to have in your tool belt to keep an HIV negative person negative. So what it does is it is in your system. If you are exposed to HIV, the prep drugs in your system Make sure you don't get it. So right now, well, right now, for a while, we've been talking a lot about U equals U, which is undetectable equals untransmittable. Right. So if HIV clients or people with HIV take their drugs on a normal cycle and they maintain their low counts, they are untransmittable. So they can't transmit it. And if you're in a relationship where one person is positive and one person is negative, one is on PrEP, one is on their HIV meds, there's no chance of transmitting it. Isn't that something? Wild? Or I shouldn't say no chance. It's very, very it's small. It's probably not it's any a, documented. It's a point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's probably uh, not. Very, very small. Um, so that's one of the things that a lot of the organizations do is they do um, 
like prep navigation. So they will help you get connected with a doctor. They'll get you to a pharmacy where you can get started on it. Yeah. And um, we work really closely with Spokane Regional Health District and their prevention unit up there. Um, Keith, Mary Ellen and Daniel. Um, I work a lot with them to getting people connected that are after prep once they come and get an HIV test from us and they find out they're negative. That's one of the things we always talk about is what's next for you. Yeah. Um, yes, you need to keep have, getting tested, but have you thought about prep? Do you get quite a few people coming in getting tested? These Not days? as many as we used to, yeah. but we have been just so busy reorganizing yeah. and everything else that we haven't done a lot of advertising on the testing side. So that's well, one of the things Where is your physical facility there? I mean, we have two. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my office and our food pantry and our testing is downtown. Okay. We are at 228 West Sprague. Okay. Um, two doors down from Nine Bar and Bistro. Oh, all right. Sure. Um, the space used to be Spaceman Coffee in the front yeah. and the Richmond Art Gallery in the back. Okay, yeah. Um, so we're in the art gallery portion for our- oh, I drank a lot of coffee in that our, spot. <laughs> <laughs> our testing and everything else in the back. And then we use the spaceman portion for some storage and whatever else. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty, uh, that's got to keep you pretty busy when you do have folks come through there. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and everything on the testing side is through our website. Everything is by appointment that way. We're not sitting there for eight hours a day waiting for somebody to show up. Yeah. So. And you know, when I was on the LGBTQ commission, for the state, um, one of the, I think we were trying to do is make sure that insurance companies um, were had to provide the PrEP drugs. Now, I don't know, I, I left the commission before, I, I don't know if that ever got approved, you know? There are so many ways to get it paid for. Yeah. So the nice thing is, is most insurance companies cover it now. But if you don't have insurance, there are ways to get it paid for. Um, Gilead and Vive are two of the manufacturers that produce the majority of prep and both of the, I think both of them, I know Gilead does has a patient assistance program. Um, and the state does as well. I'm not sure where that one is at currently cause they've gone back and forth on changing it. And I, I just have not kept up in the last month or so on changes, but, right. but there are ways, I mean, there's cost should not be a factor for someone being not being on prep right okay just like hiv meds you shouldn't have to well not take your meds because you can't afford it state aid covers it insurance covers it they may not cover what you want to be on but they cover a drug regimen right and just like everything it goes to benefit everyone in our society to 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 be able to provide these um, life-saving drugs and vaccines that's for sure um, why don't we, so we started out this conversation talking about the two events. Why don't we just hit those really quickly again and sure. tell people how they can get tickets to help support your wonderful SAN organization. On our main page, which is at sannw.org, there are a couple graphics up at the top where you can get tickets to Drag on Ice or the Red Ribbon Gala. There's also a nice big yellow donate button. That button actually helps us to provide the services, events, support, everything we do. We are not state-funded. I kind of harp on that a lot because we don't have any state contracts. We don't have any federal contracts. All of our income is through grants, um, foundations, and through donations from people like listeners here. Um, Every time I talk, whether it's on the radio or in front of people, that's one of the things that I always concentrate on is people think that these organizations are all just funded. Well, it takes a lot of work to get funded. Yeah. It takes writing grant proposals every week, um, finding money, finding organizations to help support. So those are the main things that we do. But both of those events are on the weekend of March 11th and 12th. Drag on Ice is on Saturday doors open at six the event starts at seven we'll probably go for about two hours maybe a little bit longer um, tickets are five dollars if you're an ew student or twenty dollars if you're anybody else um, there's a little bit of a fee on there just because it's through Eventbrite. they have a fee um, but it's general seating for those twenty dollar tickets i really 
can't stress enough, no matter where you sit, it's going to be a good seat. Um, that it sounds like 900 seats is a lot, but that arena is only so many rows deep. So every seat should be a good seat and, um, it'll be a phenomenal show. Um, and then the next day, which is the 12th is our red ribbon gala. Our doors open at four o'clock for that with a red carpet viewing. Um, the Academy Awards always does their red carpet, um, stuff ahead of time before the events. They usually start at four people coming in. You get to see the dresses, the sequins, everything else. Um, and then the actual telecast starts at five. Our dinner service service starts at six. We'll have auction items. Um, we are emceed for the evening by Nova Kane and Jonathan Sheffield. Um, so we've got a great crew that's going to keep everybody laughing and moving. Um, great auction items and wonderful staff working. So whether it's the staff at the casino or the staff that's going to be volunteering for me, yeah, um, we've, we've got lots of great people that are going to be making sure everybody's taken care of. And, and you know, we, we have a lot of listeners who are, who are allies to the LGBT community. And, you know, I wouldn't, I always encourage them to come to events like this because you're going to have so much fun. That's the thing. Yeah, I mean, it is so much fun. It, I, I I don't care, you know, what your sexual orientation is, uh, what your gender identity is. If you want to have a fun time with a bunch of fun people, I, I mean, I would imagine this would be at the top of the list. One of our last galas that we did, I think it was 2015. Um, one of our live auction items was a drag makeover. <laughs> so, of course, I was running the event. So I'm yeah. in a tuxedo, flying in and out of the room, making sure everything's taken care of. And my mother starts bidding on this item. So my mother bid on it along with some one of the um, alumni from Eastern. I think she was working at STCU at the time. Um, so they were bidding against each other. And then my mother was bidding against herself. I think at the end, she just kept bidding it up higher and higher. So they both ended up with this drag makeover auction item. So I hosted the next year, which is 2016, which was our last year for the gala. I hosted in drag Nice from that drag makeover. Oh, nice. So your mom gave it to you. Oh, of course. Yes. She I was going to ask, did your mom? No, she just, and then she just kept looking at me like, is that really you? You're so beautiful. <laughs> no, she didn't say that. <laughs> oh no, quite the opposite probably. <laughs> yes, it was definitely different, but it was, it was such an amazing experience yeah. for me getting done up in drag. I mean, it was, I think it was when Irv's was still around. Oh yeah. So it was. It was a lot of the drag queens helping out. I mean, everybody was in the dressing room getting me ready, getting themselves ready. Oh my gosh! Because we had a whole performance plan. Yeah, it's of it all is. The drag it's, queens it's, and I was there. Yeah, it's wonderful theater. Well, we're going to yes, do our theater. <laughs> we're going to do our twenty tells business, and then we're going to come back and talk some more. So, awesome. everybody, please stay tuned to the show. Looking for a midweek reprieve? Then tune in to Queens of Noise every Wednesday from 8 to 9 p.m. on your radio station, KYRS. Heard on 88.1 and 92.3 FM or online at kyrs.org slash listen. Join me, the luscious duchess, to shake the midweek blues and delve into some wonderful woman in music. Queens of Noise hosts female artists of all styles from all around the globe. So whether it's a memorable cut from Aretha Franklin, something new from a talented viral artist like Tosh Sultana, or some underground hip-hop like Alyssa Marie or Blimes, you can be sure to hear it here on Queens of Noise. Old or new, classic or obscure, delve into different Queens of Noise every Wednesday from 8 to 9 p.m. here on KYRS with me, the hostess with the mostest, the luscious duchess. Hi, I'm Mia 
Dyson and you're listening to KYRS Thin Air Community Radio. Hi, this is Jeremy Whittington from Stage Left Theatre. KYRS Thin Air Community Radio provides our region with information that might be omitted, overlooked, or even censored by mainstream media. Your radio station is powered by the communities they serve, and our radio programs are as rich and diverse as the Spokane community itself. Please make a pledge today by texting Give KYRS to 44321. Your support ensures that KYRS can continue to celebrate the rich diversity of our community. Out and About receives support from Boots Bakery and Lounge, offering vegan and gluten-free baked goods, bistro fare, cocktails, and coffee. Boots is relocating to the Saranac Commons located at 19 West Main. Until then, keep in touch via social media or at bootsbakery.com. Hey, and welcome back, everybody. Um, we you're listening to Out and About with I'm your host DJ Captain Mave. We've got Grant Ogren from the San. He's executive director of the formerly Spokane AIDS Network, known as San. Sometimes San NW. Yeah, it just all depends. It all depends. Yeah, you know, we're uh, here in less and ca- more casual. Yes, casual moments. Um, yeah, and we've been talking about the two events that um, San is doing: uh, a Red Tie Gala. And a drag, drag on ice, which is, which sounds delightful. Um, and also talking about the great work that uh, San is doing. Now, you've given this website address. Is that basic? Is that the best way for somebody to get a hold of you for services as yeah, well? For everything is through the website. There's there's different ways to contact through there too. Um, our phone number is everywhere on the website, and then there's a contact page where they can send an email to me if they need something. Um, yeah, everything pretty much is through the website, whether it's booking services for um, HIV testing, um, and we do pop-up testing as well. So if you have an event and you want to offer HIV testing, we can do that as well, where we can come to your event and test. Um and our food pantry, everything's on there. So it's it's definitely the best way to get us. Um, my email address is director at san-nw.org. Um, that goes directly to me, or we have a few others which are connected to the website. So I get just about everything. So okay. I'm, I'm the one manning them all. <laughs> <laughs> so do you change your voice? No. But okay. They, they get me no matter what. <laughs> do, do, what. What is the testing like? I mean, is it like COVID with the swab and all that? or It can be, but yeah. not normally. Yeah. Um, what we usually do is a finger prick test. Okay. Um, so it just takes a little bit of blood, wow. um, goes into like a control liquid. I mean, it's, it's three little vials. It takes about 10 minutes is all. Huh. It's a, it's a very simple test, Wow, which is great, but it looks like a COVID test. I mean, okay. when you look at like the, the oral ones more commonly too, they're very reminiscent of a COVID test, which is kind of funny because they've been around for years and COVID tests have only been around for about two years. Yeah. But they, I'm sure so, like we were talking about oh, before, Use something that already exists. Yeah, There's no I mean, reason to recreate the wheel. Yeah, I mean, the work that we did for HIV and AIDS has paid off for yeah. us in uh, COVID, and that's that's wonderful. How how does the food pr- pantry work? Does that do people drop by? Do they get delivered? How does both? Um, we do um, deliveries one week. Well, I should say every week we do pickup. So we're open from 9 to noon on Fridays. There's no qualifications to come and get food other than you have to need it. Mm -hmm. Um, So we don't worry about whether your zip code is or your income, those kind of things. Everybody needs food. Um, So we're open from 9 to noon. You can come in and shop. It's just like going to a grocery store. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, you walk in and there's chili. You could take a can or two and go to the tuna (laughs) and move on to the frozen section. And And, and that's at the same location? Is that Yeah, that's at our downtown location. Oh, neat. Yeah, so it's it's great. We have this wonderful space and you just walk in and shop. Um, We also have some houseware items. So if people are going from homeless to housed, we've got some plates and cups and silverware. Wow, what a great, um, what a great thing! It is. is. It's 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 it, been great. It's a wonderful space too. It's very warm, um, and people come and take their time because they see somebody they know and they talk, and it really helps with their mental health as well. So it's it's a great space to connect. 
Yeah, I would. I would certainly think so. What? Where do you think? Where do you think San is heading as far as the future? Um, any? You mentioned strength for the journeys coming up. Anything else that's in yeah, your sights right now? Yeah, strength for the journey is August. Um, so we've got that one on the radar. Um, our normal events through the year, which is Pride, um, an AIDS walk in September. We'll do a a red dress party again in September where we ask people to show up in a red dress. We party a little bit. Um, good fundraiser. Um, I'm always there in some kind of red dress. Um, our World AIDS Day in December. So, I mean, just the standard stock items that we do every year. We are in the process of applying for some additional grants to do a space build-out. We are trying to include a little bit more of a community center um, where people can come in and have coffee. They can sit. We can. They can get a food pantry oh, cool. time during the week, not just on Fridays. Um, HIV testing under the same roof. And offer up some meeting spaces for other LGBTQ organizations that don't necessarily have meeting space or maybe they want something a little different. Um, so that's that's the plan. Of course, that all depends on funding and, yeah. and the way things work. But we do have some grants out there that we're looking at that we've applied for, um, which hopefully they come through and we can actually get a little bit bigger space that's 100% ours. Um, and then that way we can be open how we want to be open yeah. and we can have volunteers run a front desk. We can offer coffee, um, hopefully have a kitchen, all those kind of things that where we can be... do some bigger things and we can provide more to the LGBTQ community than, than just our food pantry and testing. Oh, that'd be super cool. And downtown really needs a place yeah. like that, don't they? I mean, and, and they need an organization to run it. That's been doing something similar. Yeah. Um, Cause there's really no. I mean, we've got the Pride Festival, um, Pride Spokane, which sort of they they take care of the Pride Festival. That's yeah. that's the thing, which is a and heck there's, of a lot of planning. Oh my gosh! And there's the fundraisers around that. But as far as just like a community center for LGBT yeah, folks, kind of drop in other kind than of a thing. Odyssey for kids at some. That would be really very cool. And that's been something that we've had a lot of requests for too. Is is kind of intermingling the seniors with the youth mm-hmm. um, mentoring back and forth. So yeah. the youth need to understand what the seniors have been through and the seniors need help with their phones and their VCRs <laughs> yeah. and all those kind of well, VCRs, DVD players, I guess, or yeah. whatever. I mean, their tablets, <laughs> their eight millimeter um, projectors. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. the youth have no yeah. idea what it is. Um, <laughs> but I mean, that's one of the key things too, is to be able to bring those generations together yeah. and, and make it so we don't lose our history too. That's, that's what's important. Right. And that's, you know, that's building that community and, and uh, gosh, you know, I, I always think that's just a, a good thing for LGBT uh, kids to see, too, that, you know, you can you have a stake in this world. Right. Yeah. I mean, don't let anybody write you off and don't let anybody tell you, you don't you aren't part of society and aren't part of making things better for everybody and all that. You know, don't don't let them marginalize you. Exactly. And I think that's what we do as adults that part of that community is very common. Yeah. Is give that example. Well, we're almost out of time, but before we go, you know, I was thinking it'd be really cool if you told people how they could go to these events that are coming up. I do. Have we done that yet? Oh, I don't know. I'll have to think. Yeah. I won't think that long because I, want, I know I'm almost out of time. Um, of course we have, but we'll tell you again oh, okay. how to get to these events. And there are other ways to get to the events too. And I'll t- talk about those. Um, you can visit our website, sanw.org. That has the links to Drag on Ice, more information as well, and the same way with our Red Ribbon Gala. Both of those are on the main page. I made sure the links worked this morning, too, before I came, just to make sure, since I am the webmaster, the one employee. <laughs> it's a great-looking website. All those website. kind of things. Um, thank you. Um also, there are different ways to get involved. Volunteering is one of them. That is a huge thing for us. Um, without our volunteers, we wouldn't be where we are. Um, I volunteered for years for SAN. Um, it was a great way to go to events. It was a great way to participate and be able to see what's going on and feel included in part of my community. Um, so to me, that's that's always a way 
to get in with an organization is to volunteer. Um, and you become part of the community that they're serving. I have wonderful volunteers that volunteer for me at Food Pantry. Um, always at our events, I have volunteer positions open, and I do at both of these events if anybody's interested. Um, you can go onto the website and just go to the contact page, or there is a volunteer page as well where you can submit information. Um, and I'm usually pretty good. Within 24 hours, I get back to people. So Fantastic. Sannw.org. Thanks, Grant, so much for being here. And I hope we get to chat again sometime about other stuff. I would love that. I know. I I love chatting with you. We have such a a long history together, (laughs) which is is absolutely wonderful. Um, I agree. Yes. Okay. And maybe next time we'll talk a little bit about that history. Yeah. So everybody stay tuned and away we go. Head now to Eden, yeah, brother. Head now to Eden, no more trouble. top executives and rich investors. While Norfolk's boardroom elites have been pocketing record profits in recent years, they've used armies of lobbyists and multi-million dollar political donations to kill safety protections that would prevent such a disastrous record. To cut costs and jack up profits, railroad bosses have rigged the rules to run trains that are absurdly long, go too fast, carry undisclosed toxics in weak tanker cars, have no fire detectors, use outmoded braking systems, and have as few as one crew member on board. One. This is Jim Hightower saying, Norfolk's derail train was made to derail. It pulled 149 cars stretching nearly two miles down the track, and it was ill-equipped to detect fires and other problems. This disaster was not an accident. It was mandated by the corporate and government officials now professing outrage. The Hightower Radio Lowdown is made possible by you subscribers to Jim Hightower's Lowdown on Substack. Find us at jimhightower.substack.com. Hi, this is Owen. Spencer. Rylan. And Jesse of Acrasia, and you're listening to KYRS. Medical Lake in Spokane at 88.1 and 92.3 FM. Thin Air Radio! The following program was pre-recorded. is Democracy Now! This weekend, the New York Times published a stunning expose shining light on the scores of migrant children currently working on our farms, our factories, and some of the most dangerous sites in our country. Alone and exploited. That's the major New York Times investigation revealing migrant children as young as 12 years old working for major brands like Ben & Jerry's, Fruit of the Loom, Ford, General Motors, J. Crew, Walmart, Whole Foods, and Target. In a rapid response, the Biden administration's vowed to crack down on migrant child labor. We'll speak with Hannah Dreyer, the Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter who traveled to Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Michigan, Minnesota, South Dakota, and Virginia for the story and spoke to more than 100 migrant child workers in 20 states. Then we look at how Brazil's new president, Luis 